You're listening to The Church Boys Freefall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys Podcast, and I am excited to have Pastor Angela Waite on the line. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. So we uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about, but one of the things that I have been a little depressed about just seeing it happen in social media, watching it happen on sort of the national stage, is this intense divisiveness that we've known has been going on. But I think the strange thing is after the election, it's sort of kicked up into high gear of people just being so divided over the candidates. We're seeing reports of... Um, people saying they're not going to invite their relatives, disinviting them over for Thanksgiving Day dinner. Uh, and, and some of it you almost want to laugh at, but it, but it's very serious. I mean, we have a lot of anger and frustration and divisiveness. And so you have dealt with a, a lot of diversity in your ministry. I wanted to ask you what, you're, what, you, what are you thinking about all of this chaos out there? Well, you know, there's a level of tension and pressure that's already, it's natural uh, around the holidays. And so you're bringing family together, and we, some of the family members we only see once a year. And so we're bringing all these different thoughts and opinions to the table. And if you're like me, there's always that one uncle who's a bit unfiltered. <laughs> well, maybe that's just in my family. Oh, but, no, I've uh, got it. <laughs> But it's a real issue. And, you know, it's one thing to defriend people on Facebook, but it's another to cut family ties. And so this should be a celebration of family, not a political debate. But very few people are going to go cold turkey on political talk this Thursday. And I'm not even sure that that's healthy. You know, so we've got to be ready for these challenging topics. And as Christians, how are we going to handle this? So, uh, yes, I've definitely heard families that have decided that they are not having Thanksgiving. They have literally canceled it. It's unbelievable. I will say, mm-hmm. I sat at a family get-together, and I love all my relatives, so I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but a recent family get-together right after the election, and people started talking about politics and respectfully talking about it. And the person hosting this party walked in the room and sort of shouted at everybody and said, we are not talking about politics in this house during this party. And it it was one of those moments where you sort of, it actually made it an issue when it wasn't one. And so uh, to me, I, I'm one of those people, I can talk about these things. Even if I get fired up, it doesn't really change my views of somebody else. It doesn't, but I think a lot of people, and I, I don't know why this is, and maybe it's always been this way. It just feels like we're having a harder time in, in society and culture having conversations and talking to other people who we disagree with in a way that's respectful, and we can walk away still loving each other even if we disagree. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's healthy that we do have these conversations. When I grew up, we were not allowed to talk about religion. I did not grow up in a Christian home. We weren't allowed to talk about religion or politics. And I just do not think that that's healthy, because if I'm not listening to you when I know we ha- we disagree on a particular topic, how will I ever understand you? And not only that, I'm choosing to tolerate you rather than embrace you. And, you know, when God created us, he created us to live in community. And if I'm only tolerating you, I am not living in community with you. And, you know, I can't understand why some people are so upset about the election if I'm not willing to listen to you. Not listening so that I can correct you, but just listening so that I can understand you. You know, you may have somebody that has the Affordable Care Act, 
And if it is repealed, that will direct them. That will impact them directly. But if I don't listen to what their concern is, I can't even empathize with you. And I'm telling you, we have to be able to do that in order to find common ground. We have to understand what the uncommon ground is. Right. And the only way we can understand that is to listen to each other. Yeah. So, so your advice, what would your advice be? Let's say, you know, there's an uncomfortable, you know, there's going to be uncomfortable conversation at the dinner table, which I think millions of us are going to be dealing with on Thanksgiving. What's your advice in that circumstance when you feel like you're becoming overwhelmed with emotion? Because for some reason this, and you just mentioned one of the things, I think there's a lot of elements that impact people deeply. How do we react to those feelings in in the midst of that? I think the first thing you do is take a really deep breath and have an extra piece of pie and, <laughs> and then attack it. No, um, have the pie and really, you know, I say that jokingly, but if you'll take a deep breath and just allow that filter. So rather than a, be in attack mode, actually take that breath and try to listen without bringing correction. You know, if we're in a family environment We should be nurturing a safe environment so we can have disagreements. You know, immediately it takes me back to Genesis 11. As a pastor, I'm, I'm always trying to connect it with Scripture. And I think about the Tower of Babel. And if you remember that story, Billy, what happened is all the people, they were trying to make everybody like them, think like them, act like them, live like them. They wanted to create their own culture, their own environment. They didn't want anybody in, and they did not want to be scattered. You know, and God looked at that, and he said, based in my, in my version, he said, absolutely not. That is not good. So he shook it all up, and he dispersed them. And for me, that was the first, that is our very first example of, of diversity and how God's heart is towards it. He loves it. You know, he gives us the ability to make decisions and choices. He doesn't want us to all think the same and act the same, only when it comes to him. And that's being submitted, uh, you know, in obedience and unity in him. But we're allowed to have our own ideas. And so you don't have to think like me for me to love and embrace you. As a matter of fact, if you did, I don't think we would, we would actually understand the vastness of God. That's the reason there's so many cultures. And so, you know, if you're sitting at the table on Thursday and you have college-age children, well, let me just tell you, they've got the market on the latest knowledge, and anything that we might add to that conversation is going to be obsolete in their eyes, you know, because they've got it all. So, and I really believe that there's something to learn from that, because they are coming at this election from a different perspective than you and I would be. Um, because they are in school, they're looking, you know, they probably didn't vote for either candidate uh, in the final election, and they're a little bit mad about that. But if we are not willing to listen to why they're so upset, um, I just don't think we can bridge the gap between the millennials. I don't believe that we can if we're not willing to listen uh, to what their pain is and what their concern is. Yeah, and it's interesting because I teach two classes with mostly millennials at a, at a college, and you know when I ask the students who did you vote for, the vast vast majority did not vote. They chose not to vote. They were not empowered to vote. We talked about it every week 
um, throughout the campaign, they they were just not feeling voting uh, because they didn't like either candidate. And it was interesting because there were supporters of both candidates. There were things they liked about both of them in the mix. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and I think I think one of the tough parts is you know on social media especially you see these almost horrific reactions to the election. And and I think the first thing you want to do is react to those reactions. Even if you weren't a supporter of Donald Trump, you see these right. things and you think, my gosh. But what you're saying is sort of holding back, being understanding, giving people the space to express what they want to express. Um, what? Let me ask you this. What lessons have you learned in your ministry? You have a, you have a very diverse ministry. Um, what yeah. sorts of things have you seen happen throughout that ministry that sort of have given you the lessons that you're able to share here? Well, you know, I think um, the church that I'm a uh, senior associate pastor is 60% African-American, 30% Caucasian, and 10% other. And in that other, there are 34 nationalities represented. So when you walk into our congregation, it it is very diverse. And honestly, if you're sitting in there on a Sunday, the person sitting to your left or right probably did not vote like you. And so we have had to be intentional. We've had to do exactly what I was saying earlier. We've chosen to embrace rather than just tolerate each other. And we just, we're in the middle of a series right now called Black and White, and we are purposely going into these areas where there is tension and trying to gain understanding, trying to find the common ground. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, we just love each other and and we don't see color. Well, that's one of the most racial comments you can make, in my opinion. And so for me personally, I'm looking at the person that is different from me and I'm going, okay, what are you bringing to the table? What, what, about you is God trying to show me who he is through you. And, you know, we really are choosing to celebrate diversity. Um, You know, I love, there's a particular scripture that I love about, you know, it's in Revelation about singing a new song. And when you dig into that verse, that is talking about every tribe, every tongue. You know, we will never be able to sing in harmony if we're all singing the same note. Yeah. And that's another important factor here. God intended for us to be different and unique and diverse. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting point. And I wanted to ask you why you think, you know, we talked about, it seems to be there's this increase, there's this inability to have these conversations. And maybe it's because we go to media outlets that back up what we believe. Maybe it's, there. maybe there's 30 different reasons why it's happening. But why do you think we are experiencing, I mean, look, we've, we've had police officers and African Americans, we've had a divide there. We've had a divide politically, one of the most ugly elections I think we've probably ever seen in the country's history, especially in recent times. What what do you think is driving the divides when really, technically, we should be saying, oh, we're, we're so advanced, we've progressed, we should be moving past this, and we're not? Why do you think that is? Well, I really believe it's because the church has not led the way to reconciliation in our country. I believe we have chosen a back seat, and that's part of the reason we are going headfirst into this very touchy subject. 
um, because somebody has got to stand up and lead the way. You know, it's one thing to say, I love you, but it's another thing to show it. It's another thing to open our arms and say, you know what, we're different and God made us this way. Now, let's put what we each bring to the table together and find out what it really means and what he's really doing. And I think the reason we're seeing this today is because the church fell asleep. We've fallen asleep. We have not led the way. We have not loved like God intended. When people look at Christians today, Billy, it's almost like folks are afraid to say that they're Christians. I heard heard recently a fellow say, he was a pastor, and he said, I no longer even use that term. I say I'm a follower of Jesus. And the reason I say that is because people want to hear about Jesus, but they don't really want to hear about Christianity. And I believe because the church has fallen asleep, we've not taken our place, and that what we are seeing right now is a result of that. And I think it's time for the church to stand up and do what we're called to do, and that is love people beyond our differences, choosing to do it. No, I think that's I think that's really a fascinating perspective. And you look at, I mean, this is just my view. You may disagree, but I sort of look across the spectrum at universities, I look at media, I look at Hollywood, and my general take is that there's sort of this anti-Christian sentiment, but for me it's more that there isn't a presence of Christianity. Hollywood's changed, movies have changed that a little bit of late because so many Christians are, are embedded in getting in there. But part of that, in my view, has been that we, yes, we've been pushed away, yes, those areas tend to not really want Um, some of us in there. But I think the bigger part, too, is we've pulled away. We're not part of any of those areas of influence in society where we would have a voice. And so, you know, I look at it and I well, of course we don't have a voice. We're not working as directors, as actors. We're We're not working as professors. You know, we've kind of left those areas unless we're at a Christian school or at a Christian company. So that's just my view. But it is it is a fascinating time and I love what you're saying about, about stepping up. And, and you could do that at the dinner table, right? And you could do that more broadly as you are in, in ministry, which I love. Absolutely. You know, and we look at this situation and then we're wondering why uh, Christians are, are, are in the midst. Honestly, they're in the midst of this tension that we're talking about. And I think it's because the church has not addressed reconciliation um, uh, crossing the lines. I oversee a women's ministry that is multi-denominational here in Alabama, and it's multi-denominational. There are 20 and more, probably beyond 20 different denominations coming together once a month, worshiping, and, you know, we all worship differently, and we change it every month, and I do that purposely because We look at the one thing we have in common, and that is Jesus Christ. Rather than focusing on the issues where we disagree, can we just come together and worship Him? And that is what Winning Women is, and we meet once a month. And I'm telling you, the barriers are falling down. You know, people are choosing to love each other when the person right next to them is absolutely, their doctrine is the opposite of what they believe. But you know what? When they come together, they're in the presence of God. It's like all of that falls away. So I really believe that it's it's time the church better stand up and rise to the occasion. That's where we are. And I think the moment and the timing is right now, and we cannot delay any longer. So, you know, for us to walk into what I call uh, 
arenas, secular arenas. I do a lot of radio, and they're not all Christian. But I'm telling you, if the door opens, I'm walking through it because the church has to stand up and speak reconciliation to this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think part of it is having a presence, like you just said, in those in those areas, which um, more of us need to do. Well, listen, this has been great. And I, I really appreciate it. I think a lot of listeners are going to appreciate it. It's good advice heading into what might be an uncomfortable dinner uh, for some people on Thursday. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate your time. Is there a website where people can go to get more information um, on you, on your ministry? Yes. Angela Waite. Org. They can also connect on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and I would love to see you there. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Church Bowl.